You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. Yesterday we had a snowstorm, and as I was driving, I had a a rather scary experience that a, a young girl stepped out from a crosswalk in front of the car, and I couldn't stop the car. And I swerved and just just touched her with the car. Uh, it turned out she was fine, though in the moment that it happened, I didn't I didn't know if she would be fine. I couldn't I couldn't see what was happening because I was still trying to steer the car. And there was this this moment in between uh, seeing her and turning and then stopping the car and getting out where anything seemed possible. I had no idea if she would be lying on the street or or what, and as it as it turned out, she was okay. But the experience stuck with me all day. It's still with me today. I, yesterday, I was I was very rattled, and it leaves me thinking today a lot about how we talk about karma. And I want to explain that a little bit. Because the way we explain karma or the way we discuss it in this tradition is maybe a little bit a little bit different from what's standard. Nothing really happened. <laughs> but my experience of what happened is is it contains two aspects. There's what actually happened. And then superimposed on top of that is my experience of what I thought might happen, which I see just as vividly when I replay it in my mind. I'm watching something in stereo, and with one eye, I miss her. And with the other eye, I don't. And the way that these two stories will reconcile, and they're already beginning to do this, is the way that so many stories do, which is that I will tell this story to people in years to come as something that almost happened. It won't be a story about what happened. It will be a story about a thing that almost happened that was really, really bad. This is kind of a fascinating aspect of mind. I have entire relationships from the past that I think of primarily in terms of what did not happen or what could have happened. I have encounters that I remember vividly in terms of what I did not say and what I did not do. Little moments when I chose to go right. But the way that I relate to that moment is not simply that I chose to go right. 
It's also that I didn't go left. And I see that. I think I do. You know, that's a fantasy, but I think I do. I think that I can see what it looks like in both directions. If it hadn't been snowing yesterday, or if she had not stepped out onto the crosswalk, I would have simply driven past. And then it wouldn't even register for me as a story. But if we were watching it from above, we would describe it as a non-event. Absolutely nothing happened in this moment, is what we would say. She stopped. He drove. That's all. But for me, at least, an experience like this of of getting so, so close to another human being in such an unexpected way is a reminder to reconsider that story. Dogen is very fond of talking about uh, Sangha in terms of the complete improbability of it. He says, look at, look at yourself. Look around the room. Look at the people with whom you're practicing. I'm paraphrasing here. But in essence, in the way that I read it, he says, I don't care if you like that person. I don't care if you think this is just right for you or if it's a perfect fit. Think about it. Consider the fact that you and these other people have come together into this room and how phenomenally unrealistic that is. When I was a kid in the newspaper, they always had family circus this terribly unfunny little <laughs> single comic strip, right? And the joke that they pull out every week or so was, was of simply the dotted line, right? You would see where Billy went. To, you know, they, they'd say, it's time for lunch. And he'd say, okay, I'm coming. And then you'd get to see his path to get to lunch. And it would involve climbing a tree and going under a car. And da, 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 da. That's funny. <laughs> But let's, let's, let's think about that for a minute. Let's, and, and let's take the magic out of it by not talking about sangha for a moment. Think about the last time you were in a restaurant. When you, the last time you were in a restaurant, maybe you were there with someone you knew, but you were also sitting just a few feet away from someone you didn't. And now start going backwards and seeing that dotted line. how that person came to be sitting next to you in that room at that moment. And you came to be sitting next to that person. Not just that day, not just how you got from your house or your apartment to that restaurant, but how you got from the moment of your birth to that restaurant. Because wherever you are, in that moment, every single thing in your life has led only to that moment. Every idea you've ever had, every step you've ever taken, 
Every word you've ever said and every word you've ever heard has led you only to one spot, no other. And it's this one. And if you look to your left, there's someone else whose life is exactly as full as yours, exactly as complete as yours, exactly as complicated as yours, sitting right there. And everything I'm saying about you is true of that person. That person is not an extra in your story. <laughs> Nor are you some you know, minor character in theirs. Though we imagine that. We imagine that people are scenery. When I was a kid, I remember someone explaining to me about the difficulty of forecasting weather and the story. I hear this. People always say this. They still say it. Right? That no matter how good we are at it, no matter how uh, high level the technology, that even if you were to put weather balloons within a few feet of each other and cover the earth, you still would not be able to predict the weather with much more accuracy than we can today. There's a limit Reality is just simply too huge. It's beyond us. And what's happening on one side of the world matters to what's happening on this side. We can't track it. And yet we arrive at what we arrive at. And the rain starts to fall. And it couldn't have gone any other way. And in the same way, it may seem perfectly normal for us to be sitting here right now because we've all done it before. But if we try to track it from the beginning, we can never look forward to this. <laughs> It's linear, but it's not predictable. It's amazing. And as I say this, I want to make very clear, I'm not suggesting that there's a design. Not at all. Or that there's a morality. Or, or that we're somehow supposed to be here. That, to me, is far less interesting than the alternative. which is that everything brought us here in ways we could never, never see. And everything brought everyone else here in ways that they could not see. And here we are. And what do we do with that? As you leave tonight or as you're walking down the street tomorrow and someone is walking toward you, again, realize everything in that person's life has led to this moment of approaching you on the sidewalk and vice versa. If the whole thing ends right now, that will be the last thing the person ever did. I don't know what you do with that. I don't. I can't say. I can't say that there's a trick. I can't say there's a thing you're supposed to think. But I think that we are invited to notice. 
we are invited to notice that it is not simply nothing. We are invited to notice that that person's presence in this moment is as much a part of our story as anything smile I don't know part of the point is you can't make a big deal out of it because it's the same thing 30 seconds later it's the same for the person who's driving past you I had this experience yesterday of encountering this girl whom I would otherwise never meet, and it felt like a huge deal. I will not forget that person. But on another level, after all that got settled and I kept driving, I encountered hundreds more. They were really there. I have the option to not notice it. I have the option to think about other things, especially in a car. It's, it's, a, it's literally a bubble. Right? I can close myself off. And I can pretend that these people are the scenery of my life. These are all people with non-speaking roles. And they can think the same thing about me. But I don't think it's true. I think that there's an initial invitation in this practice to think about the complexity of your own life and the kind of the vastness of it. But then there's a second invitation. To consider that this story that you're telling is a, a mythology, not, because, not just because we want to get into some sort of philosophy about self or non-self or whatever that is, but because there are other stories that are in every way equal and in every way equally complex and equally profound and equally confusing and equally unpredictable. And they're all happening simultaneously. And to recognize yourself in that mix is, I think, to simultaneously experience your life as being very small and immeasurably huge.
and I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.